And now, this is the DDT Wrestling Podcast with New Age Insider's Chief of Staff, DC Matthews, and the unendorsed Doc Manson. One, two, It is Friday night. Yes, it in is. The neighborhood. My name is DC Matthews yes, at it is. DC Matthews NAI. My partner in crime, the esteemed, the unendorsed, the unofficial, the Bruce Campbell of the wrestling podcast world, Doc Manson at Doc Manson. You don't want to be compared to Bruce Campbell? Well, I'm just not sure my chin's that big. I'm not sure I'm worthy. Uh, have you seen. Ashen the Evil Dead. I was just listening to a Kevin Smith podcast, and he talked about some Bruce Campbell Ashen the Evil Dead show on Stars. Have you it's seen it? It's not out yet. It, it, oh, okay. I believe it premieres on Halloween. So uh, I will be looking very forward to that because we finally get a return to Ashley J. Williams, the protagonist of the original Evil Dead series, my favorite film series pretty much of all time. Uh, he only made a brief cameo in the, uh, what was it, 2013 remake. He was only there briefly after the credits. So that was a very different film, uh, very much, you know, a much more harder horror film, and I'm definitely looking forward to getting back to that horror silly that I, you know, appreciate so much in this. I, uh, I said before we were recording that I was going to start this podcast by talking about wrestling, and then I just started talking about horror movies, and, this and is I don't even fault. like horror movies. This it's is your my, fault. It is hashtag blame DC. I get that. Okay. We're going back in. We are 48 hours away. You'll hear this on Saturday, so in this case it might be closer to 24 to 36 hours. But as we're recording this, we are 48 hours away from Helena Cell, a great gal, that Helena. She's just lovely. Uh, no? That was, that was bad. No? Even for you, that was terrible. Uh, okay. Uh, what's big, green, fuzzy, and would kill you if it fell on you from a tree? I refuse to answer this question. A pool table is yeah. the correct answer. What's brown and sticky? A stick. Mm-hmm. What's blue mm-hmm. and sticky? I refuse to answer this question. A blue stick, of Indeed. course. Of course. Hell in a Cell, 48 hours away. Um, not a lot of build, really. I don't know if you know this, but I frequently obstruct you when you try to like talk about something. I am aware of that. Okay, so... Being aware of that and the fact that you want to talk about wrestling, I just feel like, honestly, I'd be doing a disservice to the neighborhood if I didn't give them at least a brief Halloween update. Can we just say the name? Can can we can we stop for a second? Can we stop for a second? Welcome to DDT Wrestling. I forgot to even put the name of the podcast in the intro. Does that matter? You have an intro. I mean, it's going to say it, right? Oh, that's a good point. Okay, continue. Is this episode two, by the way, or is this episode 20? That depends on who you ask. I'm well, I'm s- asking you, and in- if you were to ask me, I would say it's episode 20. I would be inclined to agree. Uh, other people disagree. They think it's more of episode two. I'm going to say, you know what? What if we'll- we just said it was episode 463? I considered that as well. I considered the first episode of and DD- what? And what if, What? stay with me here. What if we just uploaded 462, at first I was going to say blank files, but maybe if they were just like one word a piece, and so if you actually listened to all 462 of them in a row, you got some sort of special message. 
If you want to get started on doing that, I know you have <laughs> you have oodles of free time with your yeah, crazy you know job. I, I ran into you in the staircase of a parking garage this week. You were in stalking a very, me, I believe. In a very odd circumstance. I happened to be at... Ever seen the horror movie P2? Why are you asking me that question when you know well, I don't watch horror movies? Because it takes place in a parking garage. P2, like the level in the parking <clears> garage. <throat> I knew you hadn't actually seen it, but you see... I'm trying to engage you in conversation. I mean, you don't. I know you don't actually know anything about it, but this is radio, so there's got to be a little bit of give and take. I've seen. I've seen the Seinfeld episode that takes place exclusively in a parking garage. Uh, you actually, you'd be surprised, but it's pretty much the same thing. So, I'll count that as having seen. Does someone too. injure themselves with an air conditioner? Because fun fact, the end scene of that episode, Michael Richards playing Kramer is carrying an air conditioner, and he's carrying the actual air conditioner in a big cardboard box, and he tries to get it into the trunk and winds up smashing his face into it and bleeding to end the episode. Hilarious. I like it better when you explain it. Thank you. Uh, so, so are you going to tell me about P2? No, I'm not, because I didn't watch it. But is he, is he related to R2 and D2? Did you see the Star Wars trailer? No. Nope. I, I It was good. I'm going to watch it eventually, but here's a question for you. Like I, I, I see that, like, you know... Star Wars is back, man. Everybody's super excited. What if these movies suck? I'm just throwing it out there. What if they're terrible? You mean what if they're like the first three? Or the, the original three in terms of timeline? Well, I mean, let's, let's Not the real. first three movies, but the origi- episodes one through three. Let's be realistic here. Nothing is going to be as bad as that garbage trash. But what if these... I mean, what if they're just not that good? What if they just kind of... I honestly think it's impossible. I think the amount of time, effort, and money that's been put into it, I think they're they're going to Wouldn't be good. Wouldn't you have said that about the original three movies as well? Uh, the, not the original three, but I mean the episode. God, I hate you, George Lucas. It's even impossible just to talk about these films now. Uh, yeah, so episodes one through... One th- episodes one through three, I, I, which but are the more recent really the ones. first three episodes, whatever. The, the Phantom Crap and the first, and the other two movies, whatever yes. those were called. Uh, uh, I think, I again, I don't think they have a, a chance of being bad. However, I'm sure there will be some people. There's already people trying to protest them uh, because it features a black main character. And it no, feels like... It's white genocide or something, which is the dumbest thing I've ever heard. All right, we've now jumped eighteen different topics. So, yeah, so I are we get going back, back to, to October? P- okay, go ahead. Yeah, because I don't know if the, yeah, I know you don't actually listen to me when I talk about Shock. I try to listen. I enjoyed well, then, I enjoyed the synopsis to It Follows. I saw it on Netflix and actually toyed with the idea of watching it, except it was late at night and it would have given me nightmares. So I didn't. Fair enough. I mean, I just, my problem is, I honestly don't remember what I talked about when I didn't on the last episode. So. What did you watch yesterday? Or have you fallen behind? I have, okay, first thing off, I have fallen behind. I had to attend a wedding last uh, weekend, and so I missed uh, a day there. And then last night, I just, I was too beat. I couldn't get to it. So I'm, I'm two movies behind. Uh, I don't know that I'm ever going to get caught up now, but. Maybe I can maintain a reasonable showing. I mean, I'm actually surprised. I've already made it to um, 18 movies, 19 movies, something like that. I've got 18 queued up on my site, B Movie Geek. I, there's still two I'm writing that I haven't actually gotten posted there. So that gets me through movie 18. And after movie 18, I feel like I watched a 
couple of films. Oh yeah, so I watched. Okay, so I hold on. I think nothing makes better nothing makes better radio than listening to Doc Manson think. Did I talk about the Demon's Rook? It sounds familiar. Is it about chess? Nope. It's about you know what? It's not. I'm not even. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to sum up that movie. If I if I did talk about it, I don't remember. But the best way to sum up that movie is what the hell did I just watch? And we'll leave it at that. You can find it on Amazon Prime Instant Streaming if you're interested. And you can find you the review. And you can find the review at bmoviegeek.com. You absolutely can. And the other thing I'm just going to say about that is you can check out the trailer on Amazon Prime Instant, but it sells a very different movie than the one you actually watch. Moving on. After that, I don't think I talked about this one yet, but I watched Elvira's Haunted Hills. I don't know if you're familiar with Elvira. I am familiar in some ways, but for a lot of the neighborhood who listens to DDT Wrestling, they're going to be too young to really appreciate Elvira. So in a a quick 30 to 60 second synopsis, can you enlighten us all as to who Elvira is? Uh, She was a sort of late night uh, movie host. This is kind of an art that's been lost, but like on broadcast television late at night when they would show movies, sometimes they would have a host who actually like comes in and introduces the films. I don't think they really do that that much anymore. They do occasionally here and there. But so she was a themed host who would introduce, you know, horror movies, B-movies, and she was this, you know, gothed up sort of vampire-esque sort of woman with these ample you know, tracks of land, uh, to use a Monty Python quote. And so there was a it was a little kitschy, a little bit campy, so, a little so she sexy. Was, so she was a real estate mogul with her yeah. ample tracks of land? If you know what I'm talking about, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And so she and she was this weird sort of mix though, because she seemed like this be this very like serious sort of gothic sort of character, but she talked like a valley girl and it was all self deprecating humor. And, you know, it was actually pretty fun. She made a lot of that stuff fun. And so she was an icon for a long, long time doing that sort of introductory thing. And eventually that parlayed into a couple of movies that they made, uh, some songs, some albums. She did some rap stuff, which is, if you can listen to some of those raps that she's done, they're hard to find. But, like, the I think there's one called just, like, the Monster Rap. It's so bad, but it is, like, so freaking good. If we do a Halloween mega show, we'll find it and play it on the air. Oh, 100%. I don't know if we can do the whole thing. I think that might be against copyright laws. But I'll definitely give you a taste. I think I've got it around here somewhere. But yeah, I mean, you know, everything with her was double entendres, and it was just a lot of fun. A lot of goofy sort of fun. And knowing what I that you, what you know about me, how I like wrestle silly, horror silly, horror comedies and stuff, it just totally just fits in. And so this is actually her second movie. The first one was Elvira, Mistress of the Dark. And that was kind of more of like a remake of Footloose. Very odd. It wasn't very much of a horror movie like she comes to this town and like all the kids are under the thumb of like this like you know the oppressive like town council and was it john lithgow uh i don't think so but it might as well have been i love john lithgow and so but that film was sort of a missed opportunity i thought because like in terms of tone it didn't really match her character it was still a fun film uh and i think it was probably even superior to the one i just watched but the haunted hills yes elvira's haunted hills again double entendre absolutely um it was more a horror movie. It was one of those. It, she takes takes place there. She gets you know basically uh, 
overnight in this sort of Victorian castle with this family who's got things wrong with him. Like, so it's actually more of one of those like older style, maybe Hammer castle films. And uh, so it, tonally, it worked a lot well. But I do think it was probably a weaker film overall. But again, it's just dumb fun. It's PG-13. Like, it's not like anything real serious. Like I said, there is some crude sort of sexual humor. She is well known for her ample bosom. And that figures into a lot of the stupid jokes. But I mean, it is a, it is still pretty family friendly, I will say. Are are you saying that you weren't actually referring to tracts of land? Earlier? No, no. I, huge! Tracks of land. You don't remember that from uh, Monty Python, Holy Grail? That's not ringing any bells. I do. I just like playing right, dumb on this along. show. Uh, right. So, the pre-show of Hell in a Cell. No, features... no, no, we're not done. That was one movie, man. I've got several to talk about here. And I'll Okay, how about this? I'll just read the titles real quick. Wreck 3 Genesis. Um, if you recall, I was a big fan of Wreck 1, Wreck 2. Found footage style. Foreign films. Spanish. Great films. This third one... Weirdly enough, it keeps a lot of, like, you know, the mythology, but it's very much a very different film. It's a horror comedy. Uh, you can check out the full review, bmoviegeek.com. And I watched Attack the Block, which is a London film about an alien invasion. Uh, British film, rather, London film. It takes place in London. Uh, that's, that's, that's a foreign film as well, but that was fantastic. The creature designs in there, you might actually, I don't know. It's weird, because it's almost, you know, like... Used to work at a haunted hayride briefly, right? I did. DC. So you remember how goofy it is to see like a big guy like in an ape costume out there, and like it's just how ridiculous it sort of looks. The creatures actually sort of look like you know someone just in an, an ape outfit, but that's probably how they did it originally. And they touched up the effects with CGI, so they made all the fur like the blackest, most matte black you could possibly imagine. So like it's just like light just gets lost on these things. So these big, woolly sort of creatures that are just, like, complete flat black. And I have never seen anything like this in a film ever. It's almost like a like like a comic book sort of inking come to life on film. And the other thing that's really cool about them is they have teeth, and that's the only part of them that you can see because they glow, like this weird, like, blue-green iridescence. And it's a really cool creature design, anyways. Uh, then I watched Your Next, which was a sort of postmodern slasher film. I was Goldberg was in that movie? I wish that he was, but he was not. He was That'd in Santa's cool. Sleigh. Ever see that? I have not, but I've heard of it. Yeah, it's, you know, not good. Not good at all. And then uh, VHS 2, so I watched a sequel to that. And then I watched Insidious, Insidious 2, and Insidious 3. So I saw all those films. We have a friend, GQ, who thinks those films are absolutely wonderful. And I am here, the first one to tell you, the review was not on the site. I don't have reviews yet for your next VHS 2. And I'm just going to do one review, I think, for the entire Insidious series. Insidious is garbage. Okay? It's, I don't care who out there, I know it's a well-liked film, but it's convoluted and... I just think the sequel, while, you know, layering on top of itself, while, you know, sort of clever, I think, honestly, they just kind of looked at it and said, well, what can we just sort of go as far up our own ass as possible and try to pretend like we're clever when, in fact, you know, this is just complete and utter garbage. That's my opinion. And you can look forward to reading about that all about that on BeMovieGeek.com. One of these days, you and I need to get our mutual friend, GQ, uh, that in would front be some of good radio, in, in front of a microphone, 
Because, you know, uh, GQ, in case you're curious, and no one is, but I'm going to tell the story anyways. Um, I went to high school with GQ. Uh, He and I met in high school. We bonded over wrestling and him mocking me because I, I don't know if you know this, I'm a bit of a dork. I was the president of French Club, and he mocked me from the back of the room for that. But we became friends, and then when I went to college and met my dear friend Doc Manson, I introduced Doc Manson to GQ, and uh, then they became best of friends and totally cut me out of the loop on everything. So I'm not, I'm not that bitter. I'm just slightly bitter. Uh, but someday we're going to get GQ here in the neighborhood studios or whatever we're calling this, the DDT Wrestle Center, and uh, we're going to do a three-man podcast, and it's going to make for some great radio. All right, I so hope so. <clears throat> so, Shocktober, you're a little bit behind, but you've watched far more horror movies than I'll ever watch in my entire yeah, life. I guess I'm up to 21 movies, so that's actually fairly respectable. Yeah, well, it's October 23rd, so you're only two behind. So Yeah, yeah. Uh, and uh, any quick news on the pumpkin front? Hmm. Pumpkin pie, pumpkin bread, pumpkin biscotti, pumpkin cannolis. No. All I right. I don't think I picked up any pumpkin spice. That's really okay. I'm sure the pe- plenty of people are doing it. T-Hog is out there eating pumpkin Snickers for us, and we appreciate it. So, we've made it. We're actually we're at the 17-minute mark. We're actually going to discuss wrestling. I'm excited at how this is working. Uh, we are... As I've been saying for the last 17 minutes, 48 hours away from Hell in a Cell. Let's just dive right into it. Um, This pay-per-view doesn't have a lot of build, and the reason for that is quite simple. With the exception of the pre-show, and maybe even the pre-show, every single one of these matches, besides maybe the U.S. Open Challenge, is a rematch from something we've seen in the last month or two. All of the matches, many of them happened at Night of Champions, our last pay-per-view. And if it didn't happen then, they've happened in the Raws since then or in the Raws just before it. So I ask you, before we get into the show proper, Doc Manson, are there too many pay-per-views in World Wrestling Entertainment? No. Would you like to expand on that for us, please? No. All right, then. Well... Yeah, so, I mean, honestly, though, honestly, I don't think there are too many pay-per-views, but I don't really think, you know, we think of them as pay-per-views, but they're not really pay-per-views anymore. They're they're more appropriately, you could call them events, I guess, but with the advent of the WWE Network and everybody who's subscribing just gets them, like... What is the incentive for them to really build anything up like they used to? It's not like there's a buy rate. I mean, there are subscriber numbers, and you'd like to think that you're trying to drive more subscribers to the product. But I'm not sure an individual card really accomplishes that the way you know pay-per-view buys were measured. Um, so, I, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I, I just... If anything, I think they're just going to start... As we, I think we mentioned this point last week or the week before. At this point, they basically have an event every two weeks because they're starting to air, like, house shows. Like, at some point, it just becomes, this is WWE programming that's just not on cable. It's only on the network. Mm-hmm. It's another Raw. It's another SmackDown. The 
I don't know what what oh, I don't know what they'll call it. You know, back in the day, in your house, whatever. Maybe they'll come up with some catchy, overarching sort of title for it. But that's really all this is, right? It's just another way of them pumping the programming into your eye sockets. Well, you just spent that whole time saying that, and yet you don't. Were you being sarcastic when you were saying you don't think there's enough? There are too many pay per views, you know. I get we're, well, no, we're moving because... we're moving away from pay per views entirely. You know the number right. of people buying. If you're shelling out sixty dollars for a wrestling pay per view when you can watch it for ten dollars on WWE Network, I I I don't know what to say to you. But you're an idiot. Well, I, you could say that, but I'm trying to promote positivity, so I'd just be like, "Well, it's nice that you want to give WWE." You're an idiot. <laughs> I, I, I'm happy that you want to give WWE so much of your money. But I, I do think there are too many pay-per-views. And I guess when I'm talking about that, I'm talking about your big shows. You know, every month there's supposed to be this big show with then all these little events in between. If we're going to go to this pro, if we're going to go to this format, which I agree with you, that's where we're headed. I think we need to go to really like, you know, have your big six pay-per-views, the big ones, the SummerSlams, the WrestleManias, and then fill it with the little stuff. But we can't keep getting excited for these big events every month when they're no longer big events. They're just events. Yeah. And even like I said, I think even the event uh, tag is a bit of a misnomer because at some point this just becomes regular programming. You know what I mean? I don't Mm -hmm. even know that it really... I wasn't being sarcastic when I said there aren't too many pay-per-views, but I understand the point you're making. Ultimately, I just don't think I just don't think of them as events anymore. You know yeah. what I mean? So well, it's, I guess it's, that means there are too many pay-per-views if that's the track you're going for. But I I think you're right. I think you know whatever it is. 18 months ago, whenever WWE Network launched, they decided they were. We're moving into a new model of professional wrestling. A lot of people complain, you know, how come we don't have these great creative stories anymore? And I'm like, they need to make enough creative stories to get you to shell out $10 a month. Yep. Why do they need to try super hard? They don't. You know? I mean, like I said, they do have to maintain their subscriber base. Yeah. For sure. And they need to be doing enough new, original, entertaining things to maintain that subscriber base and grow it even. But you're Mm -hmm. right. I mean... It's never been cheaper to be a wrestling fan. I've I've said it before, and I'll say it again. If it wasn't for WWE Network and nine ninety nine, you wouldn't be listening to me right now. So if you're looking for someone to blame, blame WWE Network for the fact that this is happening. Because I wasn't watching. I wasn't willing to shell out thirty, forty, fifty dollars a month. I wasn't watching Raw or SmackDown. I was looking at you know looking at results online and going, oh, that's interesting. I've never seen that guy ever wrestle before in my life, this Seth Rollins guy, but it's cool that this thing called The Shield is doing well. Good for them. You know, so they brought me in. And when WWE, their YouTube channel, had 365 million views in the month of September, that's the second most viewed channel in the world in the month of September. So you and I have had this discussion, and I don't want to get into the cable ratings issue before again, but... There's the answer. 365 million people choose to get their wrestling without cable. There you go. There you go. All right. So we didn't see the build. We haven't seen a great big build, and, you know, perhaps it wasn't necessary. I saw a but great big build. 
What his was it? His name was Biggie Langston. He does have his pectoral muscles do look rather uh, abnormal. I don't know how he, I don't know how he wears dress shirts. Like, are they specially are they specially made for him? They must be. Uh, but that didn't stop WWE from rolling out the red carpet on Raw. It was a big show. Steve Austin, Shawn Michaels, Ric Flair, The Undertaker. I, you know, and I enjoyed it, but at the same time, I didn't come out of that show feeling more excited for Can I Sunday. ask you a question? Always. Okay, number one. Do you care to ever see Steve Austin on WWE programming anymore? Does it do anything for you? It does something for me, but it does far less than it seems to do for everybody else. I enjoyed seeing him come out, but after about 90 seconds, I was like, okay, I'm done now. But in all fairness, he probably only was out there for 150 seconds introducing The Undertaker, and then he just... Pieced out, right? Well, and 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 that's probably the best way to use him. You know, but why use him at all? Like, it, would there be any difference to that show if it just said Michael Cole saying, "Welcome to Monday Night Raw," and then bong, and the Undertaker comes out? Is there really? Is it? Is there anything? Does that really do anything? It, having Stone Cold come out? Sure, it causes them to trend on Twitter because everybody's like, oh my god, it's Steve Austin! Alright, follow-up question. Follow-up. Do you care at all about them ponying out Shawn Michaels? Does it do anything for you at all? Yes. But I'm a bigger Shawn Michaels fan than I am a Steve Austin fan. I enjoyed... Why? Because Shawn Michaels is entertaining on the microphone and I enjoy... Watching him, and I enjoyed seeing Michaels and Rollins face to face because everybody's been comparing the two of them. So having the two of them face to face was a pretty cool moment for me. I don't think they're ever going to wrestle each other, but seeing them face to face, I did like. Did you like how it made Rollins look like a scripted hack who couldn't really cut it next to Shawn Michaels? That's how I wound it up on wounded. That's how I wound up on Bleacher Report tweeting about that very thing. Now let me ask you a question. Do you have any idea what Bleacher Report is? Well, I'm pretty sure. Stay with me here. It's some sort of report where either it's found in the bleachers or maybe people who bleach things are writing it. The Bleachers Report. Uh, no, no. You have no is idea. It anything, is it anything like Sports Center? Because I don't really know what that is either. Bleacher Report is a website. It's I I I would liken it and is it owned by ESPN? I don't believe so. This is going to prove how little I know about Bleacher Report. I'm pretty ah. sure Bleacher Report is BuzzFeed for sports. Do you know what BuzzFeed is? That's that stupid website with clickbait titles on everything, right? Yes, it is the it is the stupid website with clickbait titles for sports and wrestling. Do you read BuzzFeed? Uh no. Good. No, I can still be friends. I am I am very rarely on BuzzFeed and when I get there it's usually an accident. But I was told I I guess a lot of people go to Bleacher Report and more power to them and one of my tweets about Shawn Michaels and Seth Rollins made it Let's Han, let's be honest. One of the New Age Insider's tweets 
made it onto the Bleacher Report, and you happened to reply to that tweet. Incorrect. What? I'm pretty sure two of the New Age Insiders tweets made it on there, and one of mine as well, because I said something about how... It looked like it was a reply to one of theirs. Maybe it was. I'm glad but you I'm at bit, least read it. I barely it. read it like I do with all of your... I understand. Stuff. I understand. But it was that tweet did have to do with the difference between Seth Rollins and Shawn Michaels. And yes, it was striking to see the difference between the two of them, and I think that just comes down to the nature of wrestling. You know, Shawn Michaels isn't going to... Come on. He's not Ric Flair. He's not going to come out. And if when you, you're going to ask me this question, I never Follow need to... Follow-up s- question. Yes. Does seeing Ric Flair be ponied out there do anything for you? I could go without ever seeing Ric Flair again. I could go without ever seeing Hulk Hogan again. I could go without ever seeing Rowdy Roddy Piper again. Two... Soon, you, you're so enjoying that that you got to say that comment. We should end the show right there because that Sasha who and Bailey who from last week got a little bit of heat on. Did it? Not too much, but people were like, "Oh, that Doc Manson, he's looking for hate," and I'm like, uh, "I'm not really looking for hate. I'm just trying to be realistic here." But yes, I have no desire to ever see Ric Flair again. I didn't listen to a word he said because I knew eventually he was just going to start crying, and it's awkward for everybody. Um, but do you think that his daughter? Man, I don't know if this is really a topic for the show. I was gonna say, do you think? It's, do you think they're painting the story right of how she's so proud of her father and she's happy to be falling in his shoes? And then when I think about like you know the way that Flair must have actually been as a father, mostly absentee, being on the road and things like that, do you think they actually have a good relationship? Do you think that like they actually do have these sorts of feelings for one another, or do you think this is all show? I do think they have those sorts of feelings for one another, but I think that's probably after a very long time of having to deal with those issues because I don't know which of Flair's multiple wives is Ashley slash Charlotte Flair's mother, but I'm pretty sure it's not the last one. So, you know, I think there is probably quite a bit of absent dad issues to work through, but I do think there's a relationship there. But I don't need to see Ric Flair, and I do think this is just a sign of the times. We're in the quote-unquote reality era. We're in the PG era. Wrestlers aren't allowed to go out there with a microphone and say whatever they want and do whatever they want. Shawn Michaels is, because they know he's... sure? I'm pretty... He didn't sound scripted to me. The only thing that might have been scripted was eating that pizza crust. But other than that... I mean, I have the question about that, because, I mean, obviously, you talk about people from you know, the heyday, attitude era, whatever. But, like, we know perfectly well that when The Rock came back and had his feud against John Cena, he was on script the entire time. And maybe maybe Rock has always been on script. Maybe that's just a bad example. But if they have The Rock coming back and they're putting him on script, don't you think they'd put Shawn Michaels on script too? I'm pretty sure for all of the quote-unquote old guard, there's a tentative script, there's bullet points, and then they're allowed to go out there and because they're trusted. They trust Shawn Michaels to go, same with Chris Jericho, they trust them to go out there and be able to cover all of the bullet points in a family-friendly way, or at least a mostly family-friendly way, and get the job done. They don't seem to want to do that with any of the other superstars, and maybe it's just been they haven't had a chance. Are you sure? Honestly, I mean, that's a nice story and all, but I honestly think that 
the current superstars are probably working off the same system you just said. I bet you Seth Rollins gets bullet points. And his inexperience is the reason why we think he comes off as scripted because he's probably sticking to those bullet points as close as he can, and he just doesn't have that ability to ad-lib the way that Shawn Michaels maybe does, being more comfortable in the role. Maybe that's true, but you listen to Seth Rollins speak a lot of the times, and it sounds incredibly scripted. And then on the very few times... Maybe that's just because he's terrible. It could be. It could be just a lack of acting... Acting! A lack of acting chops. Thank you. Yes, exactly. But um, if you look at when he, on the rare times where he's just engaging and there's kind of a little bit of interplay with the crowd, he's very different. He can be more charismatic when he's playing off of the crowd a little bit. And then he goes back to reciting his script and it becomes, you know, and I don't know what the reasoning is. You might be right. Maybe they've got bullet points and just the acting coaches in WWE are terrible. But... I get that feeling from him. And you could see that. And that's where we we started this conversation. You could see the difference between Rollins and Michaels. It was night and day. You know, Shawn Michaels, I mean, Seth Rollins might wrestle a little bit like Shawn Michaels in the ring. Might have some of that charisma in the ring. But in terms of the microphone, there's still a long way to go. And that's fine. Seth Rollins' WWE career is relatively young. So I think I'm okay with that. But I do understand what you're saying. The The use of nostalgia, the use of these old talents, can wear a little thin. I liked Austin, pop in, pop out. Hey, how you doing? Let me pop the crowd, get you started. I'm out of here. You know, I liked Shawn Michaels' promo. Maybe it went a little long. I never need to see Ric Flair again. Would you have been happy if they had been on at all? Are you, are, are you done with Austin, Michaels, any of them? You don't need to see him ever again? I like seeing Austin, I like seeing Michaels, but I just don't think they accomplish anything by being present on the show. I, I really don't. I, I, I honestly believe that none of them are ever going to wrestle again, and the best case scenario for use of any of these guys is like at WrestleMania last year, where Shawn Michaels super kicked Sting and cost him the match. Like That's the extent of his physical involvement at this point, and I don't know, I don't find that particularly engaging. Alright, so... Which wrestler is more likely to have a WWE match, Austin, Michaels, or Flair? Flair. That's sadly probably right. All right, let's take Flair out of the equation then. Who's more likely to have another WWE match, Austin or Michaels? Um, I think Austin. I think that there's more interest in seeing him return and I think there's more money to be made in an Austin return but I mean honestly Michaels is probably more likely mm-hmm. based on physical condition I would, I would say Michaels based on condition based on overall health I don't know the status of Austin's neck but I know you don't usually mess with neck injuries and I will say this watching the two of them in the ring on Raw I want Rollins versus Michaels at WrestleMania now. I have no interest in Rollins versus Triple H. I've never had any interest in Rollins versus Triple H. But Rollins versus Michaels, shut up and take my money. Can I, I also just say, I watched Rollins give a uh, pedigree to... Oh yeah, that would have been Ryback, yes. I guess. That was the weakest looking pedigree I think I've ever seen. I just I don't buy that move from Seth Rollins. He's too small of a guy. I was just going to say, when you're six foot 
two and you weigh two hundred and thirty two pounds, a pedigree is not wet. a pedigree is not a finisher. You have what might be the best frog splash I've ever seen. Don't do anything else. Yeah. No, his pedigree is so weak, I can't believe mm-hmm. that they have him use that. I, I appreciated I at all. I appreciated that Ryback didn't land on his knees. I hate that. I know you're protecting your body. I get that, Luke Harper. But when you take a move like a DDT and you land on your knees, you are screaming to me that you don't care that much. And again, I get you're not, you're not willing to risk a neck injury. But land, you know, some people who take a pedigree and land on their knees, it makes me crazy. Fair enough. All right. Uh, you didn't watch the Shield reunion? You didn't get that far? I did not. It wasn't. It was a big letdown, I thought. You know, it was exciting to see that the Shield would potentially re- reunite. And then, you know, you, the Shield reunion is still probably a year or two away from being at its most effective. All right. Let's get to Hell in a Cell itself. The pre-show match, which I just heard about today, is a six-man tag, because WWE loves their six-man tags. Uh, Neville, Dolph Ziggler, and Cesaro are taking on Sheamus, King Barrett, and Ruru. Your thoughts, sir? Who cares? Moving on... I, I the good guys are gonna win because the bad guys won on Raw. Who cares? Did that match happen on Raw? Was it a six man tag? I believe so. All right. I I care because I like watching those six people you wrestle. Said Sheamus was in it. Yeah, except for Sheamus. Like, I like five of the six of them. You re- like watching Sheamus wrestle? I I don't mind watching Sheamus wrestle, but he, I like Sheamus. He's gotten way. away from a lot of the power moves that I like. Now he just yeah. hits people. And I like old. Sheamus. I liked Sheamus. Um, but his current incarnation does zero for me. And I still don't understand how he has that briefcase or what they're going to do with him. He's not a viable contender or main eventer. You said he was he, a safe option, he's, but he's so not. He's just going to lose that case. They need to do something with that. It, it, it it's a lost thread, and it's not going anywhere because he's not capable. So at this point, and you like story and con- you like story and continuity. Are would you be okay with that briefcase being put on the line in a match against Rusev or somebody who's a little more believable? Yeah, as long as you put it on the line, whatever. That's a that's a storyline that's you know evolving, going somewhere. You're telling some sort of story. Having Sheamus hold on to a briefcase for eight months and doing nothing with it is not telling a story. But even even though no other Money in the Bank briefcase that I'm aware of has ever been... It's, it's not part of the lore of the briefcase that it's defendable? I don't care. And I think it, I think it has been defendable because didn't, didn't John Cena win one or lose one or... I, or, I, or someone did. Someone. You did might. You one. might be right because it does make sense in a storyline way for that to happen. But I. I wouldn't have seen it. That was all before during my lost years. So yeah, I'm pretty sure it's happened. I, I'm. I'm gonna make you make a production. Uh huh. You say the faces win. Yeah, absolutely. They're due. I'm gonna go ahead and say the heels win. Partially, and I'm writing this down. I might even post it up on the website. We'll keep track of our our uh, statistics there because that'll be fun. Um, I'm gonna say the heels win partially to just go opposite of you, and partially because it's Neville, it's Cesaro, and it's Dolph Ziggler. I don't think any of that. And plus, you know what I was saying before is 
WWE doesn't like Ziggler and doesn't seem to like Cesaro, so I don't know if they're going to give them a win. Plus, if you saw SmackDown, and I know you didn't, there's two blossoming feuds for some of those faces. Cesaro seems to be heading towards a program with Stardust. Cesaro was wrestling Seth Rollins, and Stardust was sitting in the crowd with the Ascension holding up a sign that said the Stardust section, which I thought was clever. And... Uh, Dolph Ziggler was on Miz TV with Summer Rae and Summer Rae said she found a new man and her new man in case you haven't heard is Tyler Breeze who made his WWE debut on Smackdown so let me get this straight Highlander style they and I don't mean the Highlanders as in the wrestling group I mean the movie Highlander they're gonna have the one guy who sort of looks like Dolph Ziggler wrestle Dolph Ziggler to be the one and only Dolph Ziggler. Yes, it's going right? to be a... There could be only one. It's going to be a Dolph Ziggler on a pole match or something like that. So. I mean, it's pretty much... I mean, technically, I guess it's a Summer Rae on a pole match, except Dolph Ziggler doesn't want that pole at all. So, I... I, I, I mean, maybe Summer Rae wants the pole. I, what am I saying? I don't even know anymore. But all I can tell you is that... Always be an inappropriate. a garbage feud... And you inserted an NXT guy. Does this give you any hope for Tyler Breeze's career? Yes. Like, think about think think about that love rhombus. Think about what kind of quality was on display there throughout that entire storyline. And now Lana's hurt. She's gone. That entire thing has fizzled. And now you're gonna come out of that with a storyline about Summer Rae and Dolph Ziggler and this is where you're going to inject the new blood this is where you're going to put the new guy this this program that nobody cares about that's where you're going to put Tyler Breeze and you think that's that's okay for him you think that's good you think that's going to work out well for Tyler Breeze I understand everything that you're saying and you are making some very valid points and yes, I think it's going to work okay for Tyler Breeze. You don't think that Tyler Breeze is going to have a... Don't get me wrong. He's going to have a good run. He's going to have a good run for three to nine months. Because I think three to nine months is as long as any character based off of an interesting introduction, an interesting entrance lasts. I think you can stretch that for maybe nine months. But past that... I, I mean, don't get me wrong. The dude's talented. He can wrestle. But in order to last past that, he would have to... You can disagree with me if you want. But to last past that, he would have to evolve his character into something else. Something more. Okay? Now, think about that for a second. You probably think that's true. You probably would agree with that part of what I said. And now, think about Tyler Breeze on NXT television over the course of the last 18 months. The only evolution of his character that we have seen is the introduction of a furry selfie stick. That is the only modification to that character that has occurred in the 18 months that we've been watching him on NXT. Why do you think that he is going to be able to evolve that character on the main roster? I think that character has potential to grow on the main roster in a way it couldn't grow on NXT and this is where having a three hour Raw and a two hour Smackdown each week comes in handy 
NXT is 60 minutes once a week. And you've got to build all of these talents, including all the new debuting guys who are going to be, you know, huge. Plus, you've got to have a tag team division. Plus, you've got to have a women's division, which happens or happened to be pretty good. By the way, you should watch NXT this week because Asuka's on it. Yes, sir. There you go. That's all you had to say. Uh, they're going to have to fill three to five hours. So I think, yes, Tyler Breeze is going to get the chance to evolve. He has the potential to be a... I'm not going to use Ravishing Rick Rude, though it's there. He could be the model Rick Martel. It's essentially the same character. If there, were, if there was the ability to take selfies in the early 90s, Rick Martel would have had a selfie stick. Instead, yeah. he had arrogance in the little pump can, which... I think they should find and give to Tyler Breeze. I agree. I'm not saying that he's going to become WWE world champion, but he was doing nothing in NXT, and despite what many other people said, I believe including you, I thought he was spinning his wheels in NXT, and he wasn't going to evolve. He was just going to be that guy who had good matches with Apollo Crews, and that was it. Instead, now he gets the chance to have some feuds with people, and now this Dolph Ziggler thing hopefully won't last past Survivor Series. Maybe it'll last a pay-per-view. Maybe it'll stretch to two because there's too many pay-per-views. How long did the love rhombus last? Way too long, but there were a lot of moving parts in there. You had Rusev, you had Lana, you had all of this. Summer Rae's not going to go back and forth between Ziggler and Breeze. Isn't, Isn't she? She's a spurned person. You know, she was shunned by Dolph Ziggler. She's now with Tyler Breeze, who is going to ignore her because he's self-absorbed, and that's fine. Breeze, ideally, and this is me fantasy booking here, Breeze, ideally, picks up a win or two over Dolph Ziggler, which ends that thing, and Breeze can go on to, hopefully, bigger and better things. But you're absolutely right. This is me being the irrational idealist here. It is entirely possible that in nine months, he's in some joke team with Fandango, losing on superstars each week. But I mean, I like the point that you made about time. You're right. NXT being an hour does not give him time to have those character developments that I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. But given just the sheer amount of time he was on X- NXT, I just have trouble believing that he's capable of evolving in the way that he's going to need to, to survive. Well, I think, you know, a lot of these guys maybe haven't had the time. And, you know... He could very well wind up being more like Bo Dallas than Bray Wyatt. You know, Bray Wyatt, you could argue, has evolved enough to be at least in meaningful stories. Bo Dallas has not. But I mean, I, Bray Wyatt is just waiting for The Undertaker to retire. The only reason why he's not bigger than he is is because you can only have one... King you know, of WrestleMagic. Right, exactly. So, I mean, that's really what we're waiting on there. Yeah. Is for Undertaker to die or retire. No. But I think... You can see, you know, there's lots of ways for Tyler Breeze to go. He could become the, you know, he goes after all the other quote-unquote good-looking superstars. He does all of those kind of things. I don't think it's a bad idea that he de- made his debut on SmackDown. By the way, Doc Manson, this just in. ding a ding a ding a ding a ding ding We got one! We have an email at ddtwrestling at gmail.com. Our very first Booyah! email from a friend of the podcast, neighborhood member Laz, at Mile High Laz, L-A-Z. Sent Mile us, High? I know what that means. Sent, it's a club. Sent a bunch of... 
Oh, God. Sent a bunch of topics our way. One of them was Tyler Breeze, and he asked if I thought or we thought it was a bad thing that he made his debut on SmackDown. Absolutely not. Again, there's five hours you've got to get through, and Raw was devoted to nostalgia. Tyler Breeze making his debut on SmackDown, not the end of the world according to me. Do you disagree or do you agree? You're rolling your eyes. I don't think it's the end of the world, but I do think it's telling about what management thinks about the importance of Tyler Breeze. You might be right, but I, I think I think this there was there was some clever bit of working here. WWE understands that SmackDown tapes on Tuesdays and airs on Thursdays. So WWE understands that if they they do something surprising on Tuesday, they have forty eight hours to spoil it for themselves to get people to watch on Thursday. I wouldn't be surprised if I just came I came home tonight and turned on SmackDown to watch curi- to watch Tyler Breeze's debut and I think a lot of people did too. Out of curiosity, I mean, that's a good point that you make. Out of curiosity, do you, do you know what the ratings of SmackDown are compared to Raw? I know I've often said ratings aren't good metrics, but in terms of comparing the two shows and their respective audiences, I think it might be a valid uh I have way of comparing. I have no idea. I would guess it's probably between a third and a half of what Raw gets. I think SmackDown's the show that a lot of internet fans watch because they like wrestling as much as they can get. But I'll be willing to bet the ratings, however they, you know, however you arrange it, however you look at it, I'd be willing to bet the ratings tick up a bit because Tuesday night or Wednesday morning, WWE.com had a picture of Tyler Breeze. He made his debut. They had 48 hours to sell it. You know what? You just said something that made me think. I'm sorry. This is a little... It's, it's on topic, but off topic. I love any time I can make you think. Um, so you just said that you think SmackDown is the show that maybe only the internet wrestling fans are watching. I would actually maybe think that it's the show that they're not watching. Right, so maybe SmackDown is the show that's only being watched by the casual crowd surfers who happen upon a wrestling product and say, "Oh yeah, I guess I'll watch this for a little bit." But none of the actual internet wrestling community that I know watches it. You don't watch it. I don't watch it. GQ doesn't watch it. I don't know anybody who actually watches SmackDown. I know a bunch of people who at least try to watch Raw. If so maybe as this kind of leads more lends more credence to what you were just saying by spoiling it for themselves online, where internet wrestling fans are likely to see the news doesn't that increase the chance of us tuning in yes and maybe actually working out to your little conspiracies theory i i say that because if you on a thursday night happen to check out your twitter feed and look at your followers however many you have my timeline is Six. my timeline is full of people who watch smackdown Shannon Scott at Rebel Dentist NAI watches SmackDown. Whitney watches SmackDown. A whole bunch of other people wind up watching SmackDown. I do think maybe you're right. Maybe more casual fans stumble across it and watch it. And maybe this is, you know, but I do think that's it. I think, you know, if you put Tyler Breeze on Raw with all these other people, it gets swept under the rug. If Tyler Breeze is the big surprise of SmackDown, you've got a good handful of people who are going to tune in. And just to see what it's up. And I watched the opening three minutes and 26 seconds of SmackDown was hilarious. 
Corporate Kane was back doing his thing. He interacted with the New Day. New Day is wearing armbands, the black armbands that you usually wear when you're like honoring dead wrestlers. Black armbands with XW on them because Xavier Woods got put through yet another table and so they're lamenting their fallen comrade. And, you know, it was... I was enjoying SmackDown. You know, I didn't get to finish it because we recorded a podcast, but I'd sit down and watch the rest of it and see what I missed. It was a it was a compelling show. All right. Speaking of the New Day, yes. I'd just like to clarify my position on New Day. I like New Day a whole lot. And because I like them a whole lot, I don't like New Day. Because you're not supposed to like New Day, I believe is what you're saying. Yeah. Um so I just want to say, I like what they're doing. I really appreciate what they're doing. I think it's hilarious, and I love watching them. But, man, I don't like it. But you don't like that they're being portrayed as heels when they don't act like heels, I'm guessing. Yeah, yeah. so I just would like to uh, that, clarify that. That makes sense. I try to watch wrestling and like who I like and don't like who I don't like, and I try not to care as much about what WWE wants me to say. I will say this about SmackDown. Seth Rollins opens the show, and there were boos that were so obviously pumped in to that taping. Oh, they don't do that. They absolutely... It sounded like a really bad wrestling video game. When you play a really bad wrestling video game, and they say... Like all of them? No, a lot of wrestling video games are good. But Which I've, ones? I've played some bad ones. Name a good, name a good wrestling video game. Uh, WCW versus the World, SmackDown, Shut oh, Your Mouth. Oh, that doesn't count. Smack- Those are all old ones. I'm talking about current series. There's only one current series for wrestling video games, the WWE 2K series. And those games are garbage. I've I didn't the last one I think I played was maybe two K fourteen. I got to tell you, with some of the additions to two K sixteen, it makes me wish I had a PlayStation four. I don't, but I wish I had one. I don't. I don't. I just don't understand what the appeal about those games is. I really tried. I bought them for a number of years. I played the hell out of them. Don't get me wrong; they were kind of fun at times, but like I just don't understand why. They're insisting on, you know, setting up their game mechanics in such a way as to portray, you know, it's like they're trying to make a simulation of wrestling as though wrestling were real. When, you know, I think the action of wrestling lends itself so much more to, you know, more of an arcade or action based sort of feel. I'm not saying you have to do like the WWE Superstars game where it's actually cartoony and over the top. But I just don't understand why they're trying to simulate like the back and forth, the chain wrestling and stuff with all these systems, with these quick time events and stuff that just aren't fun. I understand what you're trying to do. You're trying to make it actually play more like an actual back and forth of a television match, but I just don't think that translates well to a video game. Anyways, off topic. I apologize. I I haven't played, like I said, I haven't played in a while, and I love the game where The Undertaker shoots purple ghosts at you. Yeah, that's the best game ever. Is that the Superstars one? Is that the Uh, game where it says pin him, and if you don't pin him right away, it forces you to pin him, and it just ends? That's the old, you're talking about an older game, right? I'm talking about a game from, like, it probably was on, like, maybe Super Nintendo or the original PlayStation. Yeah, I think you're was that like no? Was that No Mercy? No, I think it was like something like Superstars of Wrestling. Yeah, or no, something Superstars like that. is a way more recent. And game, and but. and like Bret Hart's there, and he like throws pink carts at you. Like it's, it's one where like Yokozuna throws like the uh, meat sticks at yeah, you. Yeah, it's essentially WWE's or WWF at the time's way of saying let's try to make Mortal Kombat with wrestlers. Yeah, and honestly, I wish they had more games like that. I understand there's probably not 
a big enough market to sustain a big AAA game like that anymore. But did you play Immortals? Because isn't that the same kind of thing? Where, like, the wrestlers are dressed like gladiators or something like that? Yeah, but like wasn't that? that just a mobile game? I have no idea. Yeah. You're the tech that. person. You're you're the one that's supposed yeah. to have your pulse on technology and what each thing is. So, all I'm saying Word. is if the people in the neighborhood want to put together a GoFundMe page to buy me a PlayStation 4, I will get WWE 2K16 and I will play it and I will either blog or podcast about it. I will do that for you. Oh man, you are using your platform for evil. If you evil. if you buy me the $400 video game system. So, all right. Well, all I got to say, neighborhood, is if you give him $400, I want $400. The end. You can come over and play. I don't want to play with you. You cheat. I just press buttons. That's Well, you got those big old bear mitts of yours. It's not fair. You can press all the buttons. With I can press, on a PlayStation controller, I can press all four buttons with my thumb. That is true. I, I, all I right. So much. We're an hour into the show. We've gotten through one match on Hell in a Cell. So It wasn't even on Hell in a Cell, right? No, that's true. It's the pre-show. So let's go. Woo! Let's get to the show proper. Uh, let's Productions, start. predictions with Doc Manson and DC Matthews. Back to you, DC. Thank you, Doc. Let's talk about the John Cena Open Challenge. John Cena Open Challenge. First of all, here's your product. Who do you think's going to answer it? John Cena answers his own open challenge. I think that would be hilarious. And wrestles and himself. I would enjoy seeing that. Gives himself the cart him away. You know what? I, uh... He'd he'd have a really good chance of doing a really good springboard stunner if he just gave it to himself. Fair enough. Probably the best Fair way to enough. make that move. Honestly, um, who do I think is going to come out? Yeah. I've been I thinking no about it all day, and it's been hard for me to come up. Is. I'm sorry? How about we talk about the rest of the show first, and then I'll make that prediction. Okay, we'll I come back really to it. know who else is involved. We'll come back to it. All right, Intercontinental title. I was going to start with a mid-card belt, because that usually was Intercontinental so. title. Kevin Owens versus your favorite wrestler in the whole wide world, Ryback. Kevin Owens... Versus Ryback. You sound like Intercontinental Championship. You sound like the guys from those video games. Like this would be where Ryback's finishing move would be his. He dislodges his jaw and he eats his opponent whole. And then he goes, "Feed me more." Ryback sounds like Sylvester Stallone to you, apparently. So absolutely, man. I just might eat some mine. I just got. You know what I'm saying? So who do you think is going to win? Ryback or Kevin Owens? Is the title on the line? It is for the Intercontinental titles. You're right. And by you're right, I mean I'm, my prediction is also Kevin Owens. I, I don't know why we're seeing this feud DC again. Matthews prediction. I don't know why we're seeing this match again. It doesn't seem to do anything for any of the characters. Kevin Owens wins and hopefully moves on to... Maybe somebody from the pre-show. So, uh, what's the next pay-per-view? Survivor Series. Although that that actually means it'll probably be Team Owens versus Team Ryback. They'll they'll make some sort of four versus four. You know, it'll be Owens, Sheamus, Rusev, and Barrett versus Ryback, Neville, Cesaro, and Dolph Ziggler. That's exactly well. No, Ziggler will face Tyler Breeze, but th- something like that is going to happen. It's going to be that, You're probably right? And it'll be a pre-show match. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, now I'm depressed. You should be. So, Kevin Owens wins. I'm excited because I like watching Kevin Owens, and Ryback is good when he has good competition, so I expect this match to be fairly decent. All right. It'll be a great match. 
Um, let's go to the tag titles. Let's cover all the mid-card titles. Tag team titles. Predictions and productions. Your, Is this irritating yet? Is no. This, okay. All right. You should do an entire show like that. Absolutely. Duff guy. No. Uh, your tag team champions, New Day. Taking on the Dudley Boys for the Tag Team Championship. DC Matthews, don't you dare be sour! Put your hands together and clap for your two Tag Tag Team Champions and feel the power! I just want you to know I'm looking at my Audacity screen. And. (laughs) Did it cry? Did you break it? Just looking at that equalizer, uh, I apologize to everybody who just had to listen to that. Because I'm surprised I don't see a little mini dog come bounding in, wondering what in the world you are screaming about. So there's a lot of stairs, and he's got really short legs. So well, and I apologize to Biggie Langston because I am going to be sour because they're losing the titles. That is my prediction. To whom? The Dudley Boys. The Dudley Boys are going to win the tag titles at Hell in a Cell. Nah. You don't think so? I mean, it would be a nice story and all for them to become by the 10-time tag team champs, but is it really necessary? Ah, whatever. Uh, is it really necessary? No, but is the, it... Do you think the Dudleys are here long-term? That's the other question. I think they're here until at least WrestleMania. Okay. Well, then maybe. And and here is my... This might be my biggest prediction of the entire night. DC's biggest prediction. That's uncomfortable. We're gonna That's what she said. My biggest prediction is about a little guy. Cause I'm going on record. <laughs> I couldn't write this. I could not write this any better. Keep talking. Just keep talking. Elvira would be proud, that's all I'm saying. As I gaze over my ample tracks of land, I predict. That little Spike Dudley will make an appearance <gasps> and help the Dudleys win the tag team titles. I love this idea so much. Because Please the biggest be problem true. of the last few weeks, they have not been able to win because the numbers game has been against them. So what better way to counter that <gasps> than bringing what if in... we're Big Dick Dudley? Than bringing in their own version of Xavier Woods... Little Spike Dudley runs out with a triangle or a washboard or some sort of odd percussion instrument and helps, takes out Xavier, and the Dudleys win the tag team titles. You heard it here first, neighborhood. Actually, I tweeted about it a couple days ago. But you heard it here first because nobody reads my tweets. That's what's happening. What if... So back in the day when, uh, you know, Kevin Nash and Scott Hall left for WCW, they debuted, you know... The new Diesel, the new Razor Ramon. And that didn't go over too well. Do you think anybody would care if they debuted a new Spike Dudley? It would depend on who they used. Let's say it was Neville. (laughs) Neville? Neville's way too muscular (laughs) and talented uh, to be that. Okay, fair enough. Like who, who? What if it was like Sami Zayn, or what if it was Sami Zayn uh, would be entertaining. Honestly, if he hadn't, I I think he's been fired or something, or he got suspended for drugs or something. We would be seeing Hornswoggle Dudley. 
come <laughs> out to take to take on Xavier Woods. He's uh, Slater, but I I do think so. I think I think Spike Dudley shows up, evens the odds. Okay, that's a great prediction. I like that fantasy booking. Uh, you know what? You've convinced me that is so happening because they'd be dumb not to do that. They would be dumb not to do that. So Come should on. I should I move your? Because I'm writing this down. Should I draw an arrow and move you from the new day side to the Dudley side? Uh abs- absolutely. You have to. Yes. That right. that idea is just too too perfect. Out of curiosity, uh, which of these matches are in the cell? Any of them? No, there are two matches in the cell. We haven't talked about either of them yet. Taker versus Brock and Roman versus Bray are cell matches. That's it. Okay. All right. Uh, moving on. Moving on. Hard to top that because now I'm really excited. I can't wait for Sunday. That's the match I'm looking forward to most because if, if I'm right, if Spike Led Dudley shows up, I might retire. I mean, you're wrong, but... I should if be it's right. True. You sh- yeah, you should be right and but, I'm going to be And I'm okay and I'm okay with that. I'm okay with should being right. I'm okay with that. Tyler Breeze should have I mean, a successful honestly, WWE career. Knowing how the WWE runs things, cuz you're right, they've been building up this thing, it's a numbers game, whatever. Knowing the way the WWE does things in creative, I guarantee you that when they do introduce the new Spike Dudley, it's just going to be Chris Jericho. He kind of looks so well. He could be Flabby Dudley. He could be Flabby <laughs> out of shape Dudley. That'd be okay. Like, slightly out of shape compared to which of the other Dudleys. <laughs> well, that's true. Spike Dudley was the only one who was, well, no, deep, well. I don't know enough of them. I'm excited to get to the ECW part of my WWE Network quest because then I'll get to see all of the Dudleys and all of their glory. Speaking of Dudleys. Dudleys. The Divas title is on the, the line. Has nothing to do with the Dudleys, but I had no other transition, so we're just going to go <laughs> with it. Okay. Speaking of double Ds, or triple Ds, rather, right? The Dudley death drop there, the 3D. Speaking of triple Ds, let's talk about the Divas. Huh? Eh? You didn't ask me for a segue. Why didn't you ask me for a segue? That was a perfect segue. Elvira, again, would have been proud. I had such dreams about this being a family-friendly show. And then Come I, on, and I didn't then say I, anything wrong. And then That's I PG-13. Brought, then I brought PG-13. Doc Manson. It, you were That's right. You're right. You're Come right. On. You're right. It is PG-13. My students are seven. So, <laughs> Charlotte versus Nikki, again. I don't know why. I was totally... I mean, that segue works especially well knowing that Nikki's in the match. I'll give you that. I'll give you that. So, your productions for this rematch that I could care absolutely nothing about except the case that Charlotte's a good wrestler. I'm going to guess Charlotte keeps it. I would think but, so. I mean, I don't know. Does it matter at all? Well, this is the same situation we had with the Intercontinental title. It was just, you know, we're spinning our wheels here. I don't understand why the Divas are still in stables. Well, right now it's Charlotte and Becky are teaming. I get why the Bellas are teaming, like the Twins and then Alicia Fox is there kind of as a hanger-on. The team that doesn't make any sense is Team Bad, which obviously is not on this show. I've been so, saying Team Bad was bad since day one. Well, and you've been right since day one. Mm-hmm. But, uh, so, I don't know. Yeah, Charlotte's going to win, and then hopefully we'll move on to somebody else. It'll probably be Paige. I, I think they're, I bet they're going for Sasha and Charlotte at WrestleMania, but they're taking their time getting there, you know. Sasha Banks is hugely over with the crowds. They're chanting, we want Sasha, before somebody went to Raw and tweeted out that they're chanting, we want Sasha, before they even started taping. So, 
Um, now, on the one hand, this could be promising. On the other hand, do you think that the WWE just pulls a Daniel Bryan and says, uh, yeah, but we don't really care that she's really good and that everybody loves her. She's small. She's, you know, she doesn't really have that ridiculous look, cartoon character look like Dickie Bella does. Um, she's just not the right fit for us. Well, that's what the rumor's been from Kevin Dunn. Kevin Dunn said, apparently, and this is apparently, I don't who, know Kevin Dunn. Kevin Dunn. Who's Kevin Dunn? Kevin Dunn is the executive producer of Raw. He's Vince McMahon's right-hand man. Oh, okay. So, and apparently he has said that Charlotte and Sasha and Bailey, like those people, they don't look enough like divas to get over in WWE. I don't know whether or not I believe that that's true. I think WWE is trying to get to that like critical point where the crowd just demands it. And so that way, when they finally give it to us, the fans go crazy. My worry is the problem with a critical point is it's a point. And after you hit that apex, that zenith, if you will. You're zenith, g- are you sure you're using that word correctly? We've done this already. Have we? <laughs> you go downhill. So if you don't hit it perfectly right, people are going to be past the point of they're going to be so frustrated that by the time you give us Sasha Banks, they're not going to care as much anymore. So Mm -hmm. that's a dangerous game that WWE seems to be playing, if my belief is right, and I'm being an optimist here. But if that's the case, I think they run a risk here. But Charlotte wins. I won't watch. I hope it's good. Um it, it is really the third match because it's not there. The world title's on the line. I don't know if it'll be the main event. Probably not. Seth- world title! Seth Rollins, the architect, taking on the demon, Kane. What are the odds Kane wins? I think last week you said 15%. I'm sticking with a solid 15%. I think that's probably accurate. You know. I can't imagine a world... Where Kane wins this title. I would like to live in that world. I really would. But I, I, don't, I don't really see it happening. Are you going with Seth Rollins then for your production? Uh, yeah, I guess. I have to as... So I, what happens? There's a stipulation here too though, right? Like If, Kane, if Seth Kane Rollins win. wins, Corporate Kane is fired as director of operations. So here's a question for you. What if... Seth Rollins wins. They fire Corporate Kane from Director of Operations. And then they hire the Demon Kane as the Director of Operations. Wouldn't that be some good television? That would be excellent television. It will never happen, but that would be excellent television. To just see, you know, you have people going to the back to complain about something, and it's just Demon Kane. And they just, like, go up to, like, Miz goes up to complain, looks at Kane, just kind of closes his mouth and slowly backs out of the room. <laughs> that would be fantastic. Yeah. But I, I, I think Seth Rollins wins. I would love to think that they could give the title to Kane for a couple of months. Maybe he loses it to Lesnar. Maybe he loses it to Rollins again at TLC or something like that. But I don't think that's happening. I think, you know, the problem with it is corporate Kane, as I saw on SmackDown is still really entertaining. So if Seth Rollins wins, I guess it could be, you know, Kane could win by disqualification. So technically he keeps his job, but he doesn't get the title. 
I don't remember the. I can see that. I don't remember the specific words of the stipulation, but if you know, yeah, something like that is possible, I guess. Because yeah, I mean, corporate Kane, honestly, I think has more to offer than the Demon Kane does at this point. I know that sounds strange. You probably some people out there are sick of watching Kane, maybe, but this this new character since he's been back, there's still a freshness there. I know it's getting a little redundant maybe on a weekly basis but i do think it has more to offer than demon kane wrestling what i liked about what i saw from kane on smackdown was he didn't just engage with seth rollins that part's getting old that'd be nice you moved on you saw kane with new day and it was awesome because now you've got new day who's on fire kane's on fire that's twice as much fire did, as you would did have Kane normally. Light the new day on fire? Is that what happened? I wish that would have been nice, but no, they just you know, Big E at one point says you're the D O O director of operations. It's more like B O O T Y, your booty, and it was I enjoyed it. So I think they need. I would keep Kane in that job and just move him away from Seth Rollins. And let him be a goofball with Sheamus. Let him be a goofball with Rusev. Let him be a goofball with other people. Um, But I don't know. It might be. Because I don't know if you want to end the show on a weekly basis with like, you know, you tried to do this way back at the beginning and I obstructed you. End the show with what's the positive thing? What's your favorite thing about wrestling going on right now? Like, it's probably Corporate Kane. I think that's hugely entertaining. Mm -hmm. It really is. Uh, I'm going to change my... I was going to say Seth Rollins. I'm going to say Kane wins, but it's by disqualification or countout or something. Somehow Kane wins and keeps his job, but he doesn't win the title. Because that goes along with the Seth Rollins character of him finding some way out to keep his title with a, you know... Yep. And, really and architected that one. Exactly. Yes, architected. That, I'll take it as a word. All right. We're moving into the cell. We are moving into the cell now for our final two matches. Do you think they go back-to-back? Or do you think maybe they start with, like, Roman and Bray, pull the cell back up, and then put the cell back down again for Mm. Taker and Brock? I have to assume Taker and Brock's main eventing the show. I presume so as well. And I would guess that they don't do them back-to-back. It never works out well. You know, the Elimination Chamber, I don't think they did those two back-to-back. And it just... Any two things back-to-back is no good. You know, we talked about TNA and their lockdown all-cage matches. I remember watching those, and it was boring by the end because you watched seven cage matches in a row. There's only like Survivor Series. Well, back when it was elimination tags, I get that. I, I at least want one or two in there. But Yeah, I think they should have a few of those matches. But when it was all those matches, it, you're right. It just gets sort of... Yeah, you make a valid point Whew. there. So I think... You know, maybe Roman and Bray will open the show. I've said this before on this. Later than opening. Maybe that's, maybe you're right. I've said that this before on the show. I think I'm excited more for Reigns and Wyatt than I am for Taker and Brock. I think Roman and Bray have a little bit more to offer in a cell. They can be a little bit more creative and not worry about killing anybody. Except we also know that since they are going to go on first, they can't really do any major thing, anything majorly destructive to the cage itself. No, so. that's true. But I think if if somebody's going to fall off the cell, and nobody's going to fall off no the top. No one is going to fall off No, the but cell. last year when Ambrose and Rollins did, they fell off the midpoint. You yeah, know, well, of the, yeah. I think something like that could happen with Bray and Roman. And okay. I just, I just, I really enjoy Bray Wyatt in the ring. I'm Roman Reigns' in-ring style is growing on me a little bit. 
So I'm excited for it. Yeah, you're you're I know. Ooh-ah. He's cocking his fist, ladies Ooh-ah. and gentlemen. Which is weird because I believe he has his watch dangling from his wedding ring, so it's just making all sorts of shiny sparklies in my camera. Um, I'm going to go ahead and say that Roman Reigns wins. I usually let you do your production first, but I think Roman Reigns wins. I think this has to be the end. Roman has to move on to bigger and better things unless we see Team Reigns versus Team Wyatt at Survivor Series, which please don't. Please don't. We're totally seeing that match. But... Your thoughts, Roman Bray? Who do you got? Uh, how about I tell you I don't care, and instead I'm more interested in your prediction of whether or not all of the Wyatt family ends up inside of the cell at some point. Back when we were going to have Eric Rowan. Back when we were going to have Ambrose and Orton versus Harper and Strowman in the pre-show before Art. Orton separated his shoulder, taking out garbage. Um, is that true? Yes. He separated his shoulder while taking out the trash and is unable to compete <laughs> this Sunday. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Okay, go on. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Taking out the trash. So... <laughs> So I would have said no. Could have happened to a better guy. That's all I can say. I would have said no. I would have said there wouldn't be. But now that the Wyatt family and Dean Ambrose have absolutely nothing else to do, unless we randomly get Ambrose versus Rowan tossed into the pre-show, yeah, I think they're going to, you know, maybe that's what's going to happen, is maybe we wind up seeing... You know, all the Wyatts out at ringside, and Ambrose climbs the cage and dives onto them all. Maybe that's probably. the crazy moment. I think that's probably what we. You should. know, Ambrose is crazy enough to do it, and if there's four or five guys down there to possibly catch him, he's likely not going to hurt himself too badly. So, I do think that. I hope not, though. I hope not as well. I would like to see it just be one. I you know, I would like Didn't to see them sell one- this as. The one-on-one, the culmination, the feud for the last time. I think it has to be, yeah. Yeah, but I, th- I think you're right, though. I think we're totally seeing it at Survivor Series. So, you know, all the times that they were saying during that Raw, where they were like, this is the final chapter. I'm like, no, it's not. You the know, final chapter. The final chapter never happens on a Monday Night Raw. I'm sorry. Yeah. But, um, so yeah, I hope it's not. Maybe after the match, they can all come out. I'm fine with that. But from the opening bell to the closing bell, I would like it to just be one-on-one. And I think Roman wins. Doc doesn't care. That's fine. Which Here's be- another prediction. Will there or will there not be another hologram inside the cell? No holograms. They're done with no that. Ho- okay. All right. Fair enough. All right. Moving on. Brings us to our main event. Undertaker versus Brock Lesnar, part three of this episode or this section of their careers. Inside Hell in a Cell. There's a very good chance that when this comes on at 10.25, 10.20, I'll just go to bed. Because I don't care very much about this match. I'm sure it will be good, don't get me wrong. I just don't care about this match. Do you care about this match, Doc Manson, at Doc Manson? No. Okay, well... Glad we had this chat. So Yeah, I don't know, man. I like both these guys. They gave us a good match last time. We've seen it. I know we're going to see it in a cell, but I don't really anticipate any of them 
And I, I don't really anticipate anything exciting happening in the cell. And if they do do anything that's exciting with the cell, I'm just going to be worried that the Undertaker is going to die, just like Sting did. Yeah. A couple months ago. Like, I, I don't feel good about it if that's what their plan is. I feel like Undertaker probably has to win. Um, but at the same time, like, I'm just thinking, like, you know, if Undertaker's really retiring at WrestleMania, I would think that if he's in wrestling shape, he's going to do one last sort of farewell tour and he would be actively wrestling from now until Mania. Lesnar only has a limited amount of dates. We know this. So you would think he would lose and disappear for a while but at the same time I do think it's more likely that Lesnar goes over in this particular instance but then I just don't know what does that mean that means the Undertaker doesn't have any sort of farewell tour he just either disappears into the night or he does come back at Wrestlemania for his retirement match but it's just a one-off I mean I guess that's possible Undertaker doesn't really need any sort of build or lead up to that match but I, I don't know and either way, I don't really care. How about you, DC? The rumor I'm hearing is that both Brock and Taker will be off of WWE television following Hell in a Cell. Which makes sense, because no matter who wins, both of them are going to probably wind up either lying on their back. So, you know, it's going to be such an exhausting physical contest that both of them will need time off and it'll all make sense. No matter who wins, we lose. Something like that. Yeah. But, so I don't think Taker's going to have, you know, they'll probably show up maybe leading up to the Royal Rumble, maybe in the Royal Rumble, maybe just after the Royal Rumble to build to WrestleMania. Um, I think Brock Lesnar has to win. I think, you know, The Undertaker got his quote-unquote victory at SummerSlam. I think when you put them inside the confines of a cell. Okay. But but I also think, let me just say this, I also don't think this is the last one. Like, this is not their final chapter either. I do think WrestleMania 32, we see either a casket match, buried alive match, or a last man standing match between Undertaker and Brock Lesnar. I think that's what's happening. So. Hmm. And if that's the Undertaker's last match, if that's his retirement match, he beats Lesnar cleanly, finally, and retires... "Quote unquote" on top. Okay, I I like that. But here's the one thing I can say about maybe why Undertaker wins at Hell in a Cell, and this is a long shot because I don't. I mean, we feel this way. Fantasy booking. I don't know. They feel this way. But we've talked before about how they created a problem with Brock Lesnar. They've created this sort of unbeatable heel who it doesn't look like anybody on the roster can legitimately beat, yes. right? Yes. They made this invincible monster of a beast. Yes. <clears throat> if Undertaker beats him, I think that does a lot to to make Brock Lesnar beat a bull again. I hel- I think that helps fix the problems that we have with his character. Mm-hmm. I don't know that they see that as a problem. I don't know that they're interested in fixing it. But if they were interested in fixing it, that would be having one him way lose to, to The Undertaker, that's a way to do it. You make an excellent point. It would make him a little more mortal. Correct. In that sense. I think you're right. I don't think they see it as a problem, especially since while he doesn't have a lot of dates left on his contract, he is, I believe, 
contracted until WrestleMania 33. So we're about a year and a half away from him needing to really be mortal. So, you know, in, in, in the way that I see it in my head, and I have no... This is just a guess on my part. But the way I see it in my head, if Undertaker beats Brock Lesnar at WrestleMania 32, then that starts the potential mortality for him. But I do I do understand your point. It would fix a lot of problems because Brock Lesnar right now should be able to beat anyone they can bring up in about five and a half minutes if he wants to. I mean, honestly, right now they could tell the story and it would be completely believable for Brock Lesnar to single-handedly hold every belt in the company. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I can see him beating New Day, yep. Kevin Owens, John Cena, yep. Seth Rollins all in one night yep. and just leaving with all the gold and just coming out on Raw with all the belts hanging from his massive meaty arms and Paul Heyman just kind of, you know, doing his little drooly drool, creepy guy thing. Mm-hmm. Like, they could totally do it with this character. Can I tell you something? Mm. That would be a brilliant way to reset this company. I don't think they need they I don't think they feel the need to reset. No. But if they wanted to reset and do kind of what they did I think back in like 97 where they just kind of started fresh with, you know, newer characters and stories and things, that would be a great way to do it. Is you have Brock Lesnar come out with all of the titles, I have officially conquered WWE. I lay all the titles down except for maybe the world title. And literally every other title is vacant and you can come yep. up with ways of start. That would be a that's a pretty unique idea there, sir. I, I bow my fantasy booking hat to you. I tip the cap of fantasy booking to you. All right, so you say Undertaker, I say Brock Lesnar. I don't think either of us care enough to be really convinced of either of those. Which brings us back to the US Open Challenge. We're Heading towards that 90-minute mark. We're doing great on time. Which had, takes us back to the U.S. Open Challenge. John Cena is defending the title against somebody. And the general belief is, since he's supposed to be taking time off after this, whomever it's going to be is going to put him out for a while. Your thoughts on who could answer the John Cena Open Challenge? Uh, I'm going to have to throw it back at you. Who do you think can answer this challenge? See, my problem is I can come up with, you know, I I believe on this week's NAI pod, which was Liam and Bill's Excellent Adventure, Liam Stryker predicted Daniel Bryan. I love the idea. No. Um, I got a couple ideas. It's not going to be an NXT guy, unless it's Tyler Breeze. Outside chance it could be Tyler Breeze, but I don't know that. that. So I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to pick one. Guy on the current roster and one guy who's only Suedo on the current roster. Okay, go ahead. Luke Harper. The Wyatt family's not doing anything right now. You could have the Wyatts take out John Cena and give John Cena something to do when he gets back. Maybe. Even though John Cena and Bray Wyatt have gone down that road before. Or Chris Jericho. And I'm not kidding. I'm not kidding either. That's the person I was just thinking of in my head. Um, I bet you it's just, uh, yeah, Chris Jericho. And there's a lot of different reasons. Jericho kind of sort of turned heel on Ambrose, so he can kind of sort of turn heel on Cena, and it makes sense. If he wins the United States title, that gives Dean Ambrose something to do that isn't just being Roman Reigns' towel boy. 
he can actually feud with Chris Jericho over the United States title. And if jo- and, you know, the rumor is Dean Ambrose is supposed to be one of the top faces with Cena being gone and with Orton being gone. Let Ambrose wrestle Jericho for a while, win the U.S. belt, and now you've got your quote-unquote top guy. So, before you electrocute yourself on that cord... Uh, are you are you looking at the roster? Are you looking I'm at the superstars to. page? I was looking just at the raw results. Someone someone said someone said Damian Sandow. I love that thinking. That would be great. Um, I thought maybe Kalisto, except Kalisto is like, not going to turn heel and take out John Cena. Like, I, I could I could see like Dean Ambrose doing it, just having like a real strong match and not necessarily turning heel because John Cena does that thing where he points to the guy you know, and raises his hand. Oh, yeah. you beat me! Slow clap and walks out of the ring and gives him his moment. Like I could see him doing that with somebody in my head. I'd like that to be Dean Ambrose. That I would be fine I with go. that. But, but I at think- the same time, we already talked about that. Those guys, the Wyatt family. You brought up Blue Carper, Wyatt Family, Dean Ambrose. Those guys are showing up in that Hell in a Cell match, and they're stuck in a Survivor Series match next month. It's not going to be them. They're just they're stuck there. And then so I start thinking about who else there is, and there's nobody. There's nobody actually on the roster who could do this that's currently been wrestling. So that leaves me with, like, Chris Jericho or a random return. And like you said, it's not going to be Daniel Bryan, I don't think. Mm-mm. And who else is there even to return at this point? The only other person I can think of is Goldust. And while I personally no, would no, lose my mind with happiness, it's never going to happen. No. I mean, more likely, I'll be honest with you. Big Show? John, it doesn't matter who it is, and John Cena just keeps the title. I think and, we talked about this. And he goes away for a couple of months without the belt? Yeah, like, I mean, he just, he could, he could still show up once a month. I mean, for him, this is a guy who's so dedicated to this company. If you told him that you had only had to wrestle at the pay-per-views for the next four months, he'd probably consider that time off. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, no, you make a valid point. I think he did that before, didn't he? When he was like, he was, I think he was maybe filming the Marine or something. He was like the heavyweight champion. He was barely around. He only was on pay-per-views, but they let him keep the title. I mean, I, I don't know. I'm hoping... To be That's surprised, still an who's going to wrestle him? But well, I think we both kind of said Jericho seems like a likely idea. You know, I think yeah. with this pay per view, I don't think they feel the need to go completely outside the box. You know, they're not going to do a super secret deal and smuggle Kurt Angle in the back of a limousine and have it be him. <laughs> no, they're not going to do James anything Storm. like that. But I Samoa Joe. It's entirely possible. Baron I, Corbin. No. I don't really think any of the NXT guys are really possible. No, I don't think so. But I mean, I would love it to be Sami Zayn if he's actually ready to go. He's more likely than Daniel Bryan, I think, come back. And again, he doesn't have to turn heel. He just gets that slow clap from John Cena, mm-hmm. and he raises his arm and gives him his moment. That'd be a great reintroduction to Sami Zayn. Well, now then you have Sami Zayn, U.S. Champ, Kevin Owens, IC Champ. Uh huh. Start uh-huh. your, ladies and gentlemen, start your engines. The mid carders yeah, I mean, are going to kill each other. I mean that would be a great I, three months of programming. It, it would. John Cena it would be. Done. It would be fantastic. It would be fantastic. I'm going to say Chris Jericho, just because it seems like a logical option that doesn't require a lot of work. But I'm hoping to be pleasantly surprised. WWE I'm can say pleasant- Sammy Zayn because I want it to be Sammy Zayn. But I, I'm also going to tell you right now, there's no way it's him. No. Well, if it is you, I, we will all bow to your psychic knowledge. Indeed, sir. All right, very quickly, because we have passed the 90-minute mark. couple quick things. Match of the night. Which match on Monday morning is going to steal the show? 
Hmm. Well, it'll probably be Undertaker versus Brock because Undertaker is going to die. So we will remember that match for the rest of time. Yes. I don't know if it'll be the match of the night, but that would certainly be the moment of the night. Um, I'm going to go ahead and say the pre-show. Those six guys, if you give them enough time, will put on an excellent match, and it's entirely possible that maybe they get irritated they're on the pre-show. Maybe they just decide they're going to show the rest of these guys that they can all take it. You know, All six of them are talents who... In one way or another, WWE is overlooking. This could be a chance for them all to say, you know what? Forget all of you. So my outside-the-box pick, I say the pre-show is the match of the night from a ring wrestling capability. I mean, yeah, prob- I mean, from wrestling capability, for sure. Uh, although I, I, think, I think New Day and Dudley Boys could have a pretty good match, too. I think... Entertainment value could be through the roof right there. Well, and I think that's what's nice is there's a lot of matches like that. You know, the only match I'm really not looking forward to is the Divas match, and that's purely based on my bias against women's wrestling. But even so, then, like last time you saw Nikki Bella wrestle, she was I think good it was against Charlotte. You said that was a great match. It was. So, it was. I mean, she, theoretically, that's true. That's true. They could have a real uh, barn burner. I mean, you know, so, that could be a good match too. I, I think in what your eyes. I think on Monday. We're all going to be tweeting and talking about what a good card this was, especially since the buildup was so the buildup was so lackluster. It's going to really surprise us when the show is excellent. You're not going to think so. Monday morning, I'm going to be tweeting about Giant Gonzalez. He's pretty good, and he is kind of a Halloweeny character. And he sure is. A a little inside wrestling, inside baseball here, folks. Uh, There's an outside chance Doc Manson and I are going to not our next podcast DDT Wrestling 21 slash three, depending on what you're talking about. 464. There you go. Um, There's a chance we will not mention any current wrestling, and we will do an all Halloween episode. So, <laughs> so get ready for that, boys and girls. Any final thoughts, Doc Manson, before we head out into this good Friday night? No, sir. I'm looking forward to doing a Halloween show with you. And, you know, I actually, okay, here's one final thought. I realize talking about Hell in a Cell that it doesn't really sound like I'm very excited about anything. And I, I kind of get that from you as well. I mean, we you've talked about just now there should be some good matches, but nothing that there was no bill. We don't feel super excited. But at the same time, like, I still watch wrestling. I watch it all the time. And, like, I don't view that as stopping. Uh, you know, just because I'm not excited about anything doesn't mean I'm not enjoying it. Mm-hmm. Is that weird? Is that a weird sentiment? I think what it is is, you know, when you've got a pay-per-view with all rematches, it's hard to get really excited about it. And yeah. and I do think I think you make a great distinction there between excitement and enjoying it. Yeah, I, I, mean, I, I enjoy, enjoy wrestling all the time. I'm excited to sit down on Sunday night and watch wrestling and to be able to share it with the neighborhood. Absolutely, that part I'm excited about. I'm not particularly excited about oh. any. You know, there's not one match that's like, oh my god, I must watch this match. I will turn all other technology off and stare at the screen. But I'm excited to partake in the spectacle that is a pay per view. Okay, hey, I, and I so. agree with you. So, a second final thought of the night. You had mentioned before that the Mile High Club Laz had. Um, written in about a couple of different subjects, but I think we only talked about one. Was there anything else 
In that email? He did, and I'm going to table it because he asked about table for three. I'm going to table it for a future podcast because he asked us a couple of quick things. None of them are topical. We can talk about them on a later show. Um, he asked our thoughts on table for three and some future guests we would want to see. So you can start thinking about that, presuming you've even watched a single table for three, which I'm going to guess. I have not. Yeah, see, I knew it. Um, and then he asked one other thing, and I'll ask this to the neighborhood, the DDTites out there. Um, Apparently, right now, NX. I kind of like that. The DDTites? Yeah, well, uh, fans of the Evil Dead are called Deadites. There you go. But you're after the zombies in the film as well. So I just, yeah, it's, it's, it's the, just close enough that I like it. Deadites? Yeah, absolutely. Um, apparently, it is now WWE Presents NXT. I don't know. I have to do some research Man. to see if that's true or not. Um, but he asked on our thoughts on that. So we'll do that on a different show, Laz. We do appreciate the email. If you want to send us an email with a list of topics that you'd like us to cover here on DDT Wrestling, I encourage you to send us an email at, oh no, not at, that's not how emails work, ddtwrestling <laughs> at gmail.com. DDT how it works. ddtwrestling at gmail.com. That's Doc Manson. You can find him on Twitter at Doc Manson. I am DC Matthews, Chief of Staff of the New Age Insiders. You can find me on Twitter at DC Matthews NAI. For my good friend Doc Manson, I'm DC Matthews. We'll see you around the neighborhood.